Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Jeff here. Have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Let me give you a rundown. Basically, this is the easiest way to make a podcast. It has everything you need all in one place. It's what I use. It's what I recommend to everybody I talk to about starting a podcast. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms. That includes Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify. I did this for our Game of the Year podcast. It went very well. People responded to it very nicely. With Anchor, creators can even earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And that's what enables Anchor to offer all of its services totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm or find the Anchor app in your mobile phone store. Welcome to another Games Beat Decides podcast. On this week's episode, we are doing something different. Everyone's out for Game Developer Conference in San Francisco, so I am here by myself and decided to invite in some of the people I'm playing the game Eco with. That's ECO. Uh, I brought in some people from the server. We've been having a good time with that game, and I thought we'd dive deep on it. Thanks for listening, guys. Let's get to it. It's the internet. You're busy. Let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. It's the podcast where we decide everything about the world games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, I got a crew with me. I'm going to go ahead and have them introduce themselves because it's not the normal crew. Uh, go ahead and take it away. Hey, I'm Aaron Kelly. I'm a writer for a website called SideQuesting, um, and you can find me on Twitter at ScrattyBones. Hi there, I'm Zach. Uh, I recently started a website, YakYakSports.com, and uh, I'm on Twitter at ZGreenZ. Hi, I'm Albert. You can find me on Twitter at Albrexer, and I'm just a uh, random gamer guy here to hang out. Oh no, I can't believe we, we, we let one of you in here. Damn it. Damn random gamer guys. Um, so there's a reason I brought you guys all together on this podcast. One is uh, everyone at my job is at GDC. And so I was going to have to figure something out. And what I figured out was uh, to bring on some of the people I'm playing this game with uh, to come talk about our game. Uh, that game is, is Eco, E-C-O. That's, uh, I, think, I feel like there's like four or five games that are all, they all have that same name, at least when you say it out loud. Uh, this is a, it's an educational Minecraft-like game for PC where it has a lot more systems and everything you do has ecological consequences. Um, it's, it came out in early access and for some reason the other week, like someone's like, Hey, we should check this out. And everyone decided to check it out at the same time. And now we are running a civilization. Uh, I guess running is one word for it, but we've been, we've been moving for moving ahead as a civilization, as we try to, uh, and this is the goal of the game, 
stop a meteor from from crashing into our planet within 30 days um, and burn a lot of blank cds yes yeah it's uh it's been a whole thing so far um but i i guess i mean uh, th- that's the basic rundown i mean does have anyone here like have anything that like jumps out to them immediately that we should talk about like because for me i feel like we could talk about anything um or we could start anywhere but i guess uh, do we feel like we're gonna win i guess we could start right there i feel like that we might have handicapped it in our favor a little bit. A little I think bit. that the server might be set a little bit too easy. But just like in real life, the fact that everything's so easy for us has allowed us to <laughs> go deep into like the whole culture behind the game and like the, the systems in the background, like the economy and the politics and that type of thing. I'm definitely feeling very confident right now. Like there's no uh like there's no way that we're not gonna do it. So I feel like we're gonna like spend I mean it's been like ten or eleven days and like I said the, the comet hits after thirty. So that's like a big space of time to fill in with bullshit and I feel like we're gonna find some really weird ways to screw ourselves over in that time, uh just because we have so much space to fill. You know, I think part of the part of the I wouldn't call it a problem, but part of the thing is uh there were originally going to be maybe five of us that seemed interested in this at all yes I'm not, and i'm not including myself in that because i bought it as a joke basically um and now we have what 25 people on our server yeah it grew especially after um i think anthony talked about it on his podcast we had like 17 before that and then a bunch of people just joined recently although i don't know how much they're gonna play uh it, it does take some time to get on your feet no, yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine trying to get, like, even me, who I've put a lot of hours into the game, and I've specced out, uh, like, baking to its highest extent. I'm basically run out of things to do at this point. I see you guys working on, like, oil derricks and just, like, like gi- gigantic platforms of oil, just, like, oil barrels uh, out of the ground. And it's like, huh, I'm making, I'm making pies over here. <laughs> making some pies, man. Right, and my goal is to just keep mining and mining. We have a, a communal mine that everyone can go in, and then I got bored of that, so I dug a basement into my house, and I've just been mining under that, and I think it's going to rival the communal mine eventually just because I'm, I'm down in there two or three hours a day hacking away at the rocks just to see what I can find. Yeah, I want to I talk about more about your mine here in a second because I went down there for the first time. Actually, Scratty stumbled on it, and he's like, you got to come check this out. We, we went and looked at it, but uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, I, I think we should probably kind of start with maybe how our society began a little bit. Uh, like, I mean, Zach talked about specking towards baking, and I think th- maybe that is one of the things more than anything that has enabled us to advance so quickly is I've never had to worry about food, which is like this is a game where you do have a hunger meter. Uh, if your if your food runs out, if your calories run out, basically you have this gas tank of calories. Uh, you can't do anything. You can't swing your hammer anymore. Uh, you can't even pick stuff up. You have to go eat. Uh, but because we've had this dedicated food source this entire game, it's been very easy to just worry about other things. Uh, so we have been able to I- advance really quickly. And I think that that speaks to a, a, a larger way that the game's set up, where you are supposed to cooperate. Like no one person can do everything. We have, we do have people in our society, like out in the woods trying to do that. Uh, and w- I, th- I do believe they are, they are pure evil and they are trying to build up their counter society to eventually bring us down. Uh, but w- we'll see how that goes. Uh, but have you guys felt that, that balance of trying to uh, focus on yourselves, but also focus on like cooperating with other people for their needs? No. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like 
the the thing is, like, at this point, it's getting frustrating for me. Is like I've I've spec towards you know making all this food, and early on, like it was actually it was a real grind. Uh, there's me and one other guy, Brian, that are that are like the farmers and the food producers right now, and we had to like really work like multiple times all day long, like planting the fields, planting the seeds, like like harvesting. It took a lot of work, especially with the like the stone tools that you start off with, because like you're repairing it every five seconds. It feels like, or else your your tools are just gonna break and then you're screwed. Um, and it's been interesting to see, like, people at one point, there's like, well, like, it kind of goes when we get into the economy stuff, but like the whole cap, when we, when we got into capitalism, it kind of, it made things much, much more difficult for Brian and I, because then all of a sudden it wasn't just, let's get food for everyone. It's like, well, let's get food for everyone while making sure that we are, we're turning a profit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was one of the, the earliest fights we had, like trying to figure out how to, uh, whether we even should set up a, an economy at all. So we, we were collectivists to begin with. We were, everyone was working towards common goals, sort of. Like everyone was still doing like their own projects. Everyone had their own house. You get bonuses for having your own house. Um, but in the process of that, there were, you know, the, these food stores that we could just go and take food from. Uh, and I, I think, I mean, I was definitely pushing towards having stores because uh, I, I could see the need for it down the road, but I also just wanted to like, I wanted to play around with that system. I'm like, oh, I could set up a store and have my own currency. And uh, I, have, I, I go to this menu and it keeps saying I have infinite amount of Jeff Bucks. I'm like, oh, I need to use that. I need to do something with that. Uh, so I'm like, okay, I'll set up a store and see if we can get things going. Um, and yeah, things went things went pretty sideways pretty quickly. And it, I think it was mostly just because uh, the, the store economies kind of hold you back. Like having a, a currency that only works in stores – uh, certain stores uh, was a problem uh, just because it, it, people didn't really feel like they were get, they were getting anywhere. They always felt they were just serving me, I think. Uh, so it definitely led to some backlash. Uh, I, I know, I mean, Zach, you were against the stores from the beginning. Was that was that like a, a, a thing that you now see? Like, are we at a point where you ne- where you imagined we would be and like this is the problem that you were trying to avoid all along? Um, you know, honestly, it's gone. It's gone a lot better than I thought, because we still have. Because I think kind of the way the game works is that even though, I mean, it's kind of, you're kind of in control of everything. I mean, if you weren't there, I think things would kind of, like, if you didn't log on to the game for like two, three days, I think things would probably, we wouldn't be advancing very much. All the progress would just kind of fall apart. Mm-hmm. But you you do have to rely on several other people to get stuff done at this point. And there has been a pretty balanced economy. I say that, and then I, I looked today and I saw there's like three or four people with like, 80 right. to 100 <laughs> units of currency, which are hand pennies in our world, yeah. and everyone else has a very, very little amount at this point. Hey, Scratty, how did you how did you get all that money? Uh, selling my rugs. Actually, I've done. I that's it. I haven't done any contracts. I haven't done anything. I just opened a store and started selling rugs. And despite the fact that I give them for free to anybody who brings me the materials to make them, because I never really left the uh, the collectivist mindset. Um, people just keep buying them. And so now I have, I have one third of the entire economy, I think one sixth, something like that. What did we start with? 600? We have 600. Well, we had 650 and somehow like 25 of it magically disappeared. We don't like into the ether. Um, yeah, so I we have like, like 624 rugs from you. Yeah. Okay. Eight rugs and a bunch of clothing to optimize like the calorie burning, like the backpacks and the boots and everything. So I've spent a lot of money at your store and I'm getting my money by, by optimizing my mining path and selling those materials out at a at a pretty good profit, because the um, the communal mine was a long, like sloping path, 
So you had to spend a lot of time lugging this cart down and back. And so I created a assembly line of stockpiles to shoot minerals from under my house straight up and then over to the store. So I could push like 200 rocks out in half the time. Yeah, that was a, that was pretty smart stuff. Um, I, I, I guess like we should set up like how this, like why would we, why we even need stores? I think, uh, this isn't like a, like NPC run stores. Every store in the game is run by a player. Um, and there's a couple reasons I think a person would want to have a store, um, for, you know, for one, it does enable you to keep your stuff, uh, fluid and making money even when you're offline. So you could spend some time in the game each day, stocking your store, and then people can come and buy that stuff. Uh, but, but also it's just that it shows you how valuable certain things is or certain things are um, like, oh, people really want this one thing. OK, I, I know that's worth my time. Uh, and I think the whole system only works because and this is a weird thing to say about a game, but it's work like it's labor. Like you actually have to go in the mine and haul this stuff out and you can only carry 20 in your hand at one time. And if you have a cart, you can carry maybe like 100 iron ore with you as well. Um, but like you have to go in and out, in and out. You can't just fill your pockets with an infinite amount of stuff. And so it is this grind that you're just, that you're actually just working toward. That is a job. <laughs> and, and that, and that is like the underlying reason that this entire game works. Uh, because at a, at a certain point you're just, yeah, you're just going to work. No, absolutely. It's, it's so strange that this game has all these systems behind the scenes and all this like, intense stuff going on. And what happens to be one of the most driving gameplay forces is, you know, you can only carry so much. It's not like Minecraft where you can carry thousands and thousands of stone. It's you are forced to build roads and to get carts and to, and to haul your cart behind you with stone or diesel or whatever whatever you're doing. Or for me, it's flour. I, I can't hold, you know, 200 big sacks of flour. I have to take a cart from my mill to the bakery back to my store. And if I didn't have a cart, it would take me 10 times as long. And it's it's crazy. I think the part of the interesting thing that I think makes it work as a game better than I think it maybe has any right to at this point in development is the fact that a lot of the people on our server uh, are sort of purists about it. Like they don't like it when we when we game the game basically because we could we could we can make we can make carts very easily, right? Mm -hmm. And we could if we wanted to just every fifteen blocks or so set up a cart and let everybody access it. And then you could just load up a single person with mine picks at the end of the mine, and then as they're mining, have somebody putting it into the first cart and somebody dragging it from the first to the fifth cart, and so on and so on. And you could move that material in seconds with it, with a handful of people and a lot of carts, but right. instead everybody's just, I'm going to fill this cart, and then I'm just going to carry this cart out. And I think that probably helps, as weird as that sounds. No, that makes it makes a lot of sense, because... Uh... You're right. There are these exploits, and we do take advantage of some of them. And I, I definitely do use the cart trick to like get stuff across the road really easily without having to um, uh, put everything in my cart and drag it like ten feet. Uh, but anything further than that, and I'm, I know I'm just going to throw it in the cart because we don't. First of all, we don't want a bunch of carts clogging up the road. Uh, people haven't agreed to this system, which I think is one of the like yeah yeah people are purists, but also it's it's this thing where I think a lot of people are. They're thinking they're in it for themselves. Like, uh, I'm going to go and I'm going to go get all this iron and then I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to get the benefits of it instead of like, okay, if we all work together and do this daisy chain thing where there's a person at every other cart and we could do this super quickly, uh, then I'm just a cog in a machine. 
uh, even though you are still a cognitive machine, even when you're working for yourself, it's just this larger, more nebulous, invisible machine called capitalism. I do think one issue is that this game does rely very heavily on infrastructure to make things work well. Like, for example, you have to efficiently move your carts around the world, if you can't just like go up the it's – a, it's a voxel-based or block-based mm-hmm. world. You can't just go up the hills. You need to actually build ramps and roads in order to transport your cart. So if you want to go – like very early on, we, we deforested all the area around us, and the only way we could get wood is by going – you know, it seems like a few kilometers to the south – to, to the force that we didn't completely take over. But if you want to get more than 20 wood, we need to build a road out there. You need to drag your cart behind you from town all the way across to the forest. And it's like, well, who's going to pay for the road then? You know, right. Cause especially early on at that point, again, we had no government. We had well, we, we had a, we had a mayor, but we didn't really have any sort of strict government in there, you know? And so that's the type of thing that I, I, that's where capitalism fell short for me. Yeah. It, it's, and it's definitely, um, starting to come together more now that, you know, I was voted mayor early on and then all the elections since were either uh, ties or I won the last one where Henry was actually really trying. Uh, and I won that by bribing people, just to be clear. Uh, I totally just paid people and steal tools and it totally worked. Um, uh, and, so I ended up eating. Uh, yeah. And food. Yes, that's right. I, paid, I gave you a bunch of food. Um, that was good food too. Um, so, so, but like, I didn't have any really powers with that, uh, with those, with, with being, as being mayor until very recently, uh, I finally, we built the treasury. Uh, I set a, a set a tax rate. And now anytime anyone does anything with money, any sort of transaction, the government and by the government, it's really just me gets 9%, uh, you know, 9% cut of that transaction. Uh, and that goes into a big like vault in this building that we made. And then I can decide how to send that out. Now, you know, we only just had that since this morning, so it's only got a few haypennies in it. But uh, I think it's getting close to around like seven or eight, which is how many haypennies we handed out to people when we, when we first started this economy. Um, so we're, we're getting to a point where, OK, we could probably pay a person this much to go build a road somewhere specific, uh, especially someone who's very advanced in these skills because they have very f- efficient abilities where they can make a road with very little resources. So it makes sense to them financially. So uh, uh, we haven't really done much with that yet, but I'm looking forward to see how that works. But up until this point, it's been very informal and it's sort of, it has just sort of been like, okay, who's going to set the tone? Who's going to decide what we're working on? Is anyone going to do that? Are people just going to keep doing their own things? And how do we, like, how do other people benefit from, uh, from any situations where a person is just sort of trying to help themselves? Like, like Scratty, like you built your underground lair. And it was totally just like a vanity thing. Like you're just building this in this cool little underground area. Uh, but in the process, you had a bunch of stone that went up. And that was when I was making bricks. And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to I'll take those bricks. Like I'll pay you a little bit because I'll do the work to move them. Uh, but yeah, like that was a pretty good situation. On that, that even though, you know, I c- theoretically could have engaged in the disgusting capitalist system and sold you those <laughs> bricks for much more it was actually beneficial to me because i only have i only have a few stockpiles and i had a lot more digging to do so there was a point there where i think you paid me for a load of bricks and then i eventually just used a cart to link myself up to your stockpile and mm-hmm. then just transferred everything out because i needed the space yeah exactly so it's like i think that and this is where like the game has really got me hooked it is 
kind of no matter what, even when we're working against each other a lot of times, uh, you, like in that situation with me and Scratty, we're just working in parallel. We're not working together. We're not working against each other. We just happen to be doing two different things. But there was a there was a system in place for one of us to benefit from the other's work. Uh, and, you know, I, then I just pay for that benefit. And in the end, we both come out ahead. And it seems like that is one of the things that the game as an educational tool is trying to say. Oh, absolutely. And like to speak it to more as like an educational tool, I, I, I have a business degree. I learned more about economic systems playing this game in, in a week <laughs> than I ever did in, in my in my college. I cannot believe just how insane it is to understand like these are the reasons why, why collectivism works. This is the reason why capitalism works. I They sell this game in a pack of 100 for $500 and it's for a classroom and I can absolutely see why. If I mean, like a senior level in high school, a group of kids that actually like are interested in gaming and stuff like this, they could learn so much. It's it's absolutely insane. Yeah, I definitely agree with the educational stuff. Um, I have a degree in uh, environmental science, specializing in soil, and oh wow! Ironically, I didn't take the the farming path, but when you guys were always discussing like the different soil types and what plants to put where, you know, that was a lot of. Uh, real world science, but like gamified a little bit. You know, you had your re- you had your uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, and your moisture, and all that. And it was uh, really interesting to hear you guys discuss like changing uh, positions and experimenting with different seeds in different areas to try and maximize your crop yield. I think that the interest, the thing I'm looking forward to the most with regards to that is. There, the developers have been talking about implementing like a proper crop rotation system, and it doesn't. The game doesn't have it right now, so it's like if you grow something in a certain location and then it can't grow there anymore, and you stop growing it there, like the the soil just over time becomes able to grow there again. Mm-hmm. But with crop rotation, like I imagine they'll change that, so you'll actually have to rotate crops. I've known what crop rotation is for a decade now, but I've never really understood the reason why you would do it. So, I mean, that's something right there. A prime example of something that this game has taught me, even though the system is only um, to be implemented, not in there yet. Right. I Yes. So, like, like Zach was saying, like, you learn more in a week of this game than maybe in class. I, I, I just think that is, um, it comes from everyone having their own goals and pushing against one another. Um and, and uh, like I was having uh, like a several epiphanies about like the best way to do things uh, over over time. Like the, it started with like wanting to have a store and wanting to try capitalism uh, because I thought that would be it w- I thought it'd be fun. And I thought like it'd be real easy if we had a single currency eventually where everyone could just decide what something is worth based on that currency rather than the barter system, which was it was part of what was happening earlier. That was our biggest first economic system. And now, I, you know, that it worked. But I knew it was going to become a pain in the ass uh, eventually. Um, So, like, yeah, I'm like, let's try that. But then it was like, okay, we can't just go pure capitalism uh, because, first of all, people are going to get, like, in situations where they're going to get – their stores are going to get, like, completely – run dry and then they'll be screwed. And then if that person needs help, what are we going to do? So it's like, okay, we can have like this social safety net where we all just agree to help them. And, and you know, there's one thing this game does very well. And it's like, it has all these systems in place for players to decide, no, these are laws and they now apply to the game. And this is in a web interface where you just, you know, hit the L button on the keyboard, press a button and it opens your web browser and people, anyone can propose laws and then everyone votes on it in a completely democratic process. Um, 
And it's like, okay, you could see all the potential here for like the, the, this uh, theoretical group of students to just be like, okay, how are we, we have these problems that we've created? How do we solve them? Uh, what tools do we have to solve them? And the game's like, no, here's a bunch of stuff. Just figure it out. And I, I really appreciate that. Yeah, that is one of the things about this game that I, I was thinking about earlier when, when I was thinking about, you know, this, that we're going to be doing this is that, you know, the game is pretty harsh with the fact that, like, you can hunt all the elk to extinction and you can, you can do this, you can do all these, these permanent things to the world, you know, with the, the toxic sludge when we, when we were first, uh, smelting ore and it was, it was creating toxic tailings that we had to figure out a way to deal with. But it's also very forgiving with how you, how you can fix things, which is, you know, at sometimes because we do have it a little bit easy, I almost wish it wasn't so forgiving. I wish it wasn't like right. just stop hunting the elk and you get all the elk back. Like I wish it was like, well, okay, now you know elk eat you know rice. So we if you don't go and plant a whole bunch of rice in like the the place where the elk go, you know it's gonna they're not gonna repopulate. You know because they're just gonna have like the same small population, the same amount of food. You know what I mean? So or like you have to like go kill all the wolves now because there's too many wolves and the wolves are picking off the elk because you know the gene pool is smaller. That type of thing. As this game grows and and gets more intricate, I would love to see maybe even like a hard mode where things are even less forgiving. Yeah, there's a the, the, I yes, I keep wanting to see like what they're going to do next, what they're going to do do next. And the, as we play through the game, I'm like, okay, once we get to the once we get to the meteor's impact, if if we're able to defeat it and and you know, basically win, um we'll probably put the game down and if we come back to it, it's going to be after a long while after they do a bunch of updates and hopefully they try a bunch of stuff like that. Cause that, that is where my mind goes whenever I think about this game. It's like, okay, there's so many more intricacies, intricacies they can do. It's interdependent in a bunch of ways, but there's still so much more they could do. Now, yeah, um, me and the, the fellow chef, Brian, we've actually reached the end of the, the, the food tech tree and there's stuff that hasn't been implemented yet, like uh, maltodextrin and transglutamate. All that type of stuff is, is in there, and, and there's no use for it right now. Mm-hmm. But just but like the fact that like it's in there, I'm hoping like factory, like actually factory food production, like conveyor belts and like maltodextrin to like like all that type of stuff. It's so so exciting. Preservatives, you know, if we could actually get the society, if there was an end goal more than just you know stop the meteor, if there's an end goal like there's this this like these Martians are coming to take over or you can befriend them or anything like I, there's so many different ways to go with this. It really is exciting to see, you know, six months a year, what they're going to do with this game. Yeah. Um, I, I, I there's a, maybe one or two more topics I want to talk about, but does anyone have anything that they like are bursting to talk about, about uh, that has happened to them in the game? Um, I don't know. I mean, we sort of covered the fact that I am, maintaining a collectivist mindset while simultaneously attempting to capture the entire economy. Yeah. So like you, you don't plan on ever spending any of the money that you've, that you've got, right? Not if I can help it. No, I was going to spend some today for our project X just because of the, 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 the screw up that we discovered this morning. But right. um, Other than that, no, like I'm, I want to see what happens when all of a sudden there is no money in the economy. (laughs) I I don't know if you're ever going to be able to capture all of it because at a certain point, um, you know, people aren't going to pay you because you won't, won't. I mean, I guess maybe if you could convince people to barter with you, I sure maybe I guess maybe you could trick your way into the last penny, but I don't know. Uh, well, Dr. Jones has too much the, of the money. Uh, secondary uh, competing currency that's floating around that's right. right there. So that's one of the things that also gets me really excited about maybe playing this game again in, in a while. Um, so we made a mint, and well, we didn't make a mint. Dr. Jones, one of the other players, he made a mint. And he minted the currency, he backed it with gold. 
Um, and I, I, I've looked in it. I guess you can only back it with gold. We were wondering if you could back it with other stuff, but it looks like you could just back it with gold. And he made like around 650 of these hay pennies, the name of our currency. Um, and we've sort, we were like trying to figure out how the best way to transfer from our old store currencies to this model. And that was a whole thing. We figured it out eventually. Um, but while we're doing this, the guy, one of the guys out in the woods, who's not part of our, of our society, of our collection of people, um, he was making his own mint. And he ended up minting like 5,000 of his own like official currency that would work on any store. Um, and it's called uh, yeah, the pound sterling or something like that. And no one uses it yet, but it's just sitting out there like this threat. And I just Im- imagine if, you know, we, we have, you know, 20 plus people on the server right now. If we did have like 80 to 100 people, eventually like that would split up to where there are definitely multiple cities. We don't just have our one main town and then weird people out in the woods. There might be two or three cities. And those three cities might all end up on different currencies. Uh, and and the, so you have to, you know, and each of these cities are going to have things. They're going to have more of a certain, uh, more of a certain resource. And there will be like a rush for resources uh, in that case. And then you're going to have to figure out these interconnected trade routes and currency exchanges and all these other things. And I'm like, oh, man, there's so much more to this game than, than what we've already discovered, even though we've already had so many of these interesting uh, economic battles ourselves. And it's worth noting, too, that as we realized that this uh, individual was building his own mint, there was a rush to try and impose a law saying that no more mints could be built. That's right. And- yeah, we were, trying, we were racing against him. Yeah, I, I proposed that law as I saw him like starting. Like, I'm like, I know what he's doing. He like built like a kiln or something, and got a certain ability. I'm like, I bet he's going to try to make a mint. We need to pass that law, and we just couldn't get it passed in time. You yeah, did touch on like something. They... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it seems like that guy's goal is to you know create a little more chaos in the game. I was wondering right. if it'd be interesting to have more, not necessarily PvP, but some more systems that enable that. I, um, maybe. Like you can steer the asteroid to like someone else's server, you know, <laughs> like server versus server, you know, instead of blowing up. I guess the goal is to shoot the the asteroid with a laser to destroy, it, or are you pushing it to like someone else's server? So I, I think that'd be interesting. You're it's like planet against planet or something. Yeah, like, like that. That, that there is a potential there as well because you want to see how well you can work together, and that would really really force you to if you have another group that is like motivated against you. You did touch on something, Jeff, how, like, you saw that he was building a kiln and, like, working his way to the mint. That The other thing that makes this game interesting is that yes. every single action that you do is broadcast to every single player on the server live. So if someone starts claiming a bunch of land, you can see, oh, they're claiming a bunch of land, and it's at this location. And, oh, my God, they're, they're about to trap me in because they've claimed all the land around my store. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's broadcast in, like, this notification feed, so you just see it, like... Like, like this plot was claimed, this plot was claimed, this plot was claimed, like one after another. And it's, you start, you're trying to, you're trying to put two and two together in your head of like, what are they trying to do? Where are they at? Where's, where's that land at? Let me look on the map now. Oh my God. Yeah. And you start realizing all the potential things they could be doing with that. And that forces you to like, go out and like, okay, how do I respond to this? Uh, and it creates like, it, you know, in a situation like that, it creates a, like a land war. Um, and you know, it, when people like all come to come in like one store and they buy all of a certain product, it creates like another, like a trade war. Cause you're like, okay, now I have to raise all my prices and everyone else has to pay more. Um, like there's all these, all these ways of, of hurting one another, even though the game 
doesn't enable any sort of violence against one another. There is no way to, you can't die. First of all, you can't uh, really go damage another character by hitting them with an ax. Uh, you can't even really steal from another person unless they, you know, set up their, uh, uh, their permissions wrong on their authorized property. Uh, so it's like, okay, I can hurt someone only through destroying the, the economy, destroying, uh, you know, the e ecological systems, like hunting a certain thing to extinction would hurt other people, but it would also hurt yourself. Um, so, so it's very much forces you to think of like, okay, yeah, sure. Everyone's working maybe towards their own goals, but almost no matter what you are part of this single organism of life that is trying to uh, advance themselves and try to save themselves from this threat, but also not run their, the, the, the thing that like their, you know, their energy source, this, this earth that provides all these resources into the ground as well in the process of trying to defend themselves. Um, and, and it's just a really good premise. It really works. It really drives home what they're trying to drive home. I'm uh, um, I'm I, very so, curious to see. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so I think Zach um, built a greenhouse today, right? I did. I've reached that point where, where I, I thought I ran out of juice. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to build a greenhouse for my fellow farmer. And it's not going to do anything, but it'll earn the guy that's making all the glass some money and it'll look pretty. And so mm -hmm. one of the things that this game does that I our server probably won't get to see is that if you fail to stop the asteroid, the game doesn't end. You're just living on this, you know, desolate, ruined wasteland that this meteor is impacted. And I'm curious if things like a greenhouse would, you know, enable you to continue growing on that soil or not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that feature would even be in the game yet. But I, I do hope it's something that they consider because uh, I mean they do have glass and they do. I mean they think about the effects of everything else in the world. So I think they'll probably get to that point eventually. Um, but yeah, and I, and I guess that meteor impact is pretty violent. Like the game, like we were saying, is voxel. It looks like Minecraft. It's um, it's pretty basic. But the when the meteor strikes, apparently it is a very, uh, a, a very grim level of of visual violence for every player to see. I'm looking forward to, to like getting to that point. I'm sure we're going to knock it away, but we'll see. There, there, there was yeah, talks of worshiping what the happens meteor early after. On. Some of us still do. Okay. <laughs> uh, Go ahead, Al. Scratty, you bring up a, a good point about what happens after the meteor. It's kind of like, well, if they add more game systems afterwards. So say we're like halfway to, you know, you, you got a group of people building the lasers and you got another group of people building specialized like fallout bunkers and siphoning resources to say like build a, a steel underground base to survive the meteor strike. You know, then you would have more uh, more branching objectives that kind of conflict with each other. You know, so while you're asking me for iron to, to build a laser and I'm just hoarding that iron to build another containment, you know, to fight off the radiation or something underground. Yeah, that's a, yeah, exactly. Because, I, I mean, uh, and it does seem like it would be a good idea to, like, to uh, maybe find ways to randomize some events. Like, even if we are at this point, like, the, the game could maybe realize how far ahead we are and start throwing different challenges at us that are maybe natural disasters. Things that we couldn't have permitted no matter what. And then forcing us into these other systems that we ha maybe haven't had to engage with because we have been so far ahead. Yeah, um, so I think... Uh, I think that the, the pretty much touches on most of the big topics. I guess well, before we go to the one question we have, uh, 
what are you guys planning to do with the rest of your time in the game? Like, have you guys had any thoughts about like, uh, like how we're going to fill in the, this gap? Are we just going to go play other stuff? I was thinking about maybe like, I know there was talk of like a racetrack and things like that. Um, uh, you know, I was going to maybe try to help build with some of that stuff, but we just got excavators and I was like, man, I just want to tear apart a whole mountain and see what happens. But I don't know. Like, what are you guys thinking? My, uh, my my plan as of last night, although I'm not sure, I tried to I tried to math it out, and I don't think it's feasible uh, without spending my money, and I don't want to do that. But I was going to uh, come onto the server late at night when nobody was on, and where the entrance to the mine is, um, I was going to build up on that mountain a giant billboard that said "No gods or kings," <laughs> and just leave it there so people would log in and be able to see it from anywhere in the city. I'm talking, I mean, a massive one. It was going to be thousands of blocks of stone and brick. But oh, so you're gonna like make it out of like the actual the the not the not a actual yeah. billboard? Okay, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Because you can make a wood board, but you're gonna make one of just like gonna, with the dirt as the lettering it, or something. Yeah, with I was gonna do it with a stone um, as the actual billboard, and then inside the stone, replace the stone bricks with or stone blocks with bricks, so it'd be red letters okay. on a black. Yeah. I know Anthony oh. has been talking about doing a treasure hunt where. He's been. He says he's been like just hoarding these valuables. Uh, once he realized that there were valuables to be hoarded, and then basically creating a treasure hunt that will eventually, with clues and clues, it will eventually lead to the deed to his property, so you can take all of his gold. And that sounds like fun. <laughs> but the racetrack also. It does. We we've now gotten to the point where pretty much anyone could reasonably have a powered cart, and we also have mm-hmm. these uh, asphalt roads, which actually makes the cart go faster. And really fast. It's, yeah, it's, I was it's pretty satisfying. It's pretty satisfying yeah. driving around your little motorcycle. I'm just a simple farmer. It's a little bit scary for me, but I can imagine you know, <laughs> setting up a racetrack would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, w- I want to see what I can do with um, lasers. Like I know we can, I know we can shoot the meteor down with it. Well, I guess I don't know. We'll have to test that out. Um, but I want to see what else we could do. I want to see if I could like just shoot things at other people's property and like damage it or something. How about you, Al? Any big plans? Are you just going to keep digging down and down into your hole? Yeah, I, I built my tower up, I think, as high as I could go. I kept trying to build more, but my resource, my bricks were just disappearing and despawning. So I think I got to the the highest altitude, and then I put some signal flares on top of my tower. So now I'm going to dig down as far as I can. And I was thinking about cooling off on the game because we're so far ahead and letting these newer people build up their houses and just seeing how more people interact with the uh, with the economy and stuff and seeing what sort of chaotic thing is, is going to happen. Because I think it's like four or five of us just leading leading the way. And I have like 300 mm-hmm. skill points I haven't even done anything with. I uh, The one other thing um, which doesn't directly um, affect um, interact with our server specifically is if you uh, if you load the game and you go to the uh, the server menu. There are so many servers out there right now, and a lot of them um, say things like you know, two times skill gain, four times skill gain, no meteor stuff like that, and they have you know hundreds of people playing on them. And I think it'd be really interesting to just start popping into the different servers and see just how crazy the economies are, and see if there are any like mm-hmm. civil wars happening or anything like that. Because with no meteor. All it is is everybody out for themselves, basically. Like you're gonna end up yeah. with little collect- collections of people. Like if you have, if you have five people and you have, and you're getting skills at two or four times uh, the normal rate, then I think with five or six people in a week, everybody in your little group could have every skill between you, 
So it makes me wonder, yeah, like, then on it's, server... It, Sorry? It's, at that point, it's just, like, how much time you would spend on, like, on... The, like, it becomes a matter of who is on logged in the most often and doing the most digging or whatever to get to get the most resources. So the thing about that, though, is you can actually pass laws limiting the amount that each player is allowed yeah, to play right. on the server. So if we do it again, that's something that I would absolutely be interested in. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There, yeah, there's just so many wicks. And then that becomes a metagame. Like, it's you're no longer playing in the game. You are in your Discord, arguing with one another, trying to lobby a favor with certain people to, like, get the votes for this thing that will benefit you in that it will hurt someone else. Um, yeah, there's, there's so many cool things you could do with that stuff. Uh, I definitely, I definitely want to kind of see how that other stuff works. I make bricks and one other person on the server also makes bricks, but I happen to know that they have a real job, which means they can't play between nine and 5 PM. <laughs> so let's put a law in that says nobody can log on to the server between nine and 5 PM. Yeah. God. Oh man. Yeah, there's something to that. Uh, it's it's super interesting. It, it really is uh, something else. Um, all right, we've got a call coming in. Uh, go ahead, caller. Hello, Jeff. This is Henry from Florida. All right, Henry. Uh, well, that's disconcerting. What is your question? Well, before I ask my question, I have something to tell you, Jeff. <laughs> okay. You see, I have this problem don't like me, and I do not like cops. That does sound like a problem. Well, the citizens of our town do not call, tolerate cops. They will not tolerate government. Well, they will not tolerate yeah. <laughs> Um. No. All right, uh, caller. Caller, we're gonna take your. We're gonna take. We're gonna answer your question off the air. Hang up. Hang up. Now he raises. He raises a good point. Cops are bad. Oh yeah. You are a cop. <laughs> I am not a cop. I'm the mayor. Uh, I have never. I have never gone out and like patrolled the streets. All I've done is put up street lights. That's all I've done. That's all I'm doing. I'm. I'm working for the people. You also put up street signs saying that uh. Robots are not equal to humans, though. Well, I mean, sometimes you gotta you gotta really like drive home the point that he should not be in charge of people. You know, I, robots are fine. I have no problem with robots, but they are they are subhuman. I I think you might need to watch out. There might be some social clubs forming that uh, might have an interest <laughs> in what you're doing, Jeff. <laughs> hey, uh, I voted for Robot Henry. I just want to see what what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, like I, I'm, I'm going to lose one of these elections. Uh, I think the the term is like five days, and so we've got maybe like three or four more elections left. Uh, it's going to happen. And I imagine Henry's going to win one of these, and and that'll be our big challenge is overcoming whatever he does. Well, I mean, let's just point out that in terms of all of these quote unquote politicians on the server, uh, the only one who's realized that they can buy votes is you. Nobody else has even tried yet. <laughs> I specifically don't vote until somebody offers me something I need or I mention it. You were more than happy to give me what I wanted. So, oh, yeah. So I didn't have to spend any money. And so you won the election because well, I voted for you. Yeah, because especially because we hadn't had the treasury up to that point. So I couldn't I hadn't had the opportunity to do anything with taxes. And now that we have the, the treasury, it's like, OK. And, and if Henry becomes mayor, I guess I could just lock up the treasury and force him to build his own. But I guess it would be easier at that point. We'll see. There, there's a ton we can do. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I could talk about this game forever, but that that probably does it for this for this episode. I think we should probably come back after the like after the end once we do do whatever we do with the meter meteor after thirty days and recap like what happened there. 
but until then, this is this is good enough. Um, before we go, I, why don't we do one more time where everyone reminds everyone where, where they can find you guys on the internet. If you guys have anything you want to plug, feel free to do that. Aaron, why don't we start with you? Uh, yeah, uh, like I said at the top, uh, I'm Aaron. Um, I am on Twitter at ScrattyBones, and I currently uh, contribute uh, words to SideQuesting.com. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm Zach. You can find me at ZGreenZ on Twitter and uh, at YakYakSports.com, which is it, is it is a sports website, but we also do a lot of uh, sports video game coverage as well. And Al. Uh, I'm Albert. My uh, gamer tag is Albrexer, and you can find me uh, streaming to my average of 0.15 viewers on Twitch at <laughs> Albrexer. Cool, and I'm Jeff Grubb. You can get me uh, at Jeff Grubb on Twitter, uh, twitch.com slash Jeff Grubb, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. Uh, yeah, we're going to be probably playing this game a little bit more on stream. Sea of Thieves is out now. I think I'll probably be, I'll probably be streaming that. So uh, come check us out. Uh, otherwise, if you, if you have interest in joining the server after hearing this, let, let me know. We'll see if we can get you guys in there. Uh, thanks for listening. Be back next week probably with, probably with a normal episode. We'll recap GDC. We'll see how that goes. Uh, until then, thank you for listening. I'll catch you guys next time. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.